My guest today has policed the streets of Bradford, been a detective and an undercover operative before becoming a recognised expert in the dark web and covert operations. But alongside all of that, she's currently entertaining the nation on Channel 4's gripping series, Hunted, every Thursday night at nine o'clock, with moments just like this one. Julie, yeah? we've got a call on the burner phone for Sandra Canram. Connected to the cell tower E3 G69 7RL. They're in Scotland. Scotland? God damn, we just moved George and Karen out of Scotland. We have nobody in Scotland. Is it still going according to plan? Yeah, it's somebody have it now. Oh, I know the magician. It's somebody have it now. It's got the number. Is this the cell site? Yeah, so this is the cell site, and we're just waiting for the intercept to come through now as well. Is that Robert's number? That's the number that we got off Robert, yeah. Give me that postcode again, please. Golf 697 Romeo Lima. Calder Bank View, Glasgow. We've got the intercept now. Hello? They've got his number. It's good. They've got his number. We're robots. It's good. So describe the SIM card. Quick, take it out. Hello, right, we want you in Glasgow. Why dream it? We're looking for Sandra and Mella. Come on! Let's get him! There is never a dull moment in that TV show. It's great to welcome Julie Clegg onto the show this afternoon. Now, before we talk about Hunted, uh, let's talk a little bit more about you. You've got a great history in law and investigation. How and when did you decide to get involved in that field and area? Well, first of all, I was always intensely curious from as far back as I can remember. So from being a very small child, I was extremely curious. I wanted to talk to everybody. I wanted to learn how things worked. I wanted to understand everything. Mm. Um, I I just wanted answers. I was a voracious reader and wanted to consume as much information as possible. And at first, I wanted to be a journalist. Ah, okay. So that was my my chosen path. And then through a a series of events that happened when I was uh, later in my teen years, I suddenly came into uh, feeling like law enforcement might be a better path for me. Yeah. And I developed a you know a huge passion for joining the police. I applied to be a cadet. I got rejected. They told me I needed more life experience. So I went away, got that experience, went back in and joined when I was 22 years old. And did you always want to move into the, the detective side of stuff? Because obviously you say you're very curious and wanted to get the answers. Was that always the direction you wanted to go with in the police? It was interesting. When I joined the police, I didn't fully know the structure of that world. We mm. go in. I mean, I was a very wide-eyed 22-year-old. I, I just wanted to do everything and learn yeah. everything. And I, and I progressed very, very quickly. I was very enthusiastic. I've always been a bit of an overachiever, not academically, but in, in other areas. <laughs> so, I, so I just wanted to do everything, and, and I did. The amount of different types of work that I crammed into my 10 years as a police officer mm. was, was really quite astounding when I look back. Talking about this side of things, in recent months you've developed a company back over in Canada, which you founded and now manage. How has that experience been for you, sort of moving out uh, with, with, with your own company? So it's been a fairly bittersweet experience. Um, I, I am a serial entrepreneur, so I, I find it very difficult to stay still and, and do just one thing. Um, but what I what I, I did learn recently, I've, I've spent the last 10 years or so in online education, so okay. going around the world and, and educating people and using the internet to investigate and to find information online. So Amazing. I've done that for the last 10 years, but what I found in doing that is that I was missing the 
that investigative experience. I, I'm mm. an investigator at heart. <laughs> and so I really needed to get back to my roots. I needed to get back to the thing that I'm passionate about, yeah. and that is investigation. So mm. I formed Human Eye about a year and a half ago, and it was, it was a very interesting experience, and it's led me on to my next project, which I'll talk about in a minute. When I developed Human Eye, one of the things I realized is that I would really benefit from some mentorship. It had been a long time since I'd been in, you know, pure investigation and since I'd been in business for myself. Okay. Uh, I'd launched a new company and I was, a, you know, an entrepreneur and I, and I was on this very steep learning curve mm. to try and learn how to not only run a business but be an investigator in that realm as well. So yeah. I reached out to a whole bunch of people, both inside and outside of my industry, to okay. try and get some mentorship or ask some questions. And I was basically stonewalled. Not one person came back to me and offered to help me. Oh. And it was, it was very disheartening, but it made me yeah. realize, particularly in my industry, we, we are very protective of our information. Investigators do not like to share. They do not like to collaborate. <laughs> very nature. They don't like to, yeah, they don't like to talk to each other. We're, you know, that suspicion and that protectiveness that you mm. see in the, that, you know, that secretive reputation that investigation has yeah. is pervasive throughout the industry. Okay. So being a solution-oriented person that I am, I yeah. decided to do something about that. Nice. So I've created uh, a, brand, a new brand called World Class Investigator, and it's focused solely on mentorship and collaboration. One of the things that happened as a result of me doing Hunted was I received... I mean, literally hundreds of messages from people um, on a on a daily, weekly, monthly basis, mm. uh, there, you know, across social media and my website, asking me, um, you know, how do I get to do what you do? You know, your job looks really cool, <laughs> and I really would love to be an investigator. How do I get to do that? Yeah. And it became very difficult for me to stay on top of all of these questions. So I created the World Class Investigator brand to encourage mentorship, to encourage. Uh, sharing of information with people that want to join this industry and also encourage that, that cross-generational mentorship that, we're, that investigators like myself can learn from a younger generation. So I've created a mentorship program, a community, some training materials. I have a podcast, uh, all under the World Class Investigator brand, and all of this will become more and more um, prevalent this year as that progresses. And so, so I'm very excited about that. So on top of doing you know, my, the investigations that, that I do um, mm. on, a, on an ongoing basis, I'm also creating this whole other uh, genre of um, information sharing and mentorship and collaboration in my industry to try and make a significant change. Uh, so let's talk a little bit more then about Hunted, because obviously you have this uh, fantastic background and a, a lot of well, intelligence yourself, and you give a lot to the show. How did you actually come to be part of Hunted? It was an interesting story. So I had never intended to be on television. I'm not an actor, and uh, I had not ever been involved in that world. But I do do a lot of work in the UK. I've got a huge network globally from the work that I've done in investigation. Mm. So through that network, it came to my attention that um, that there was this concept, and this was back before Hunted was, was ever a thing. Yeah. Um, I was basically contacted by somebody connected with the show and they had this concept and asked if it was something that I would be interested in, in being part of as a project. And back at that time, it was more 
along the lines of a social experiment. So we wanted to see whether or not it was possible to live off the grid in 21st century Britain. Ah, so, okay. So I was very, very curious about that because I was a, a big privacy and security advocate. Yeah. And at that time, the government were just about to pass legislation to uh, a, a intrusive surveillance. Mm. And so I felt that it was a, a very important social commentary to, to get people talking about privacy and security and, uh, and convenience over security. So I was really interested in it from that perspective, and uh, not necessarily because I wanted to be on a TV show, but because <laughs> I was interested in um, igniting that conversation around privacy. Were there any other members of the team that you worked with or that you have worked with before that have come in over there or that you started with back in season one? Yeah, I mean, before we all came together to do this, uh, none of us really knew each other. Okay. Um, we, you know, we, we came into this with the production company ha- selected the people that they felt would be the best in whichever role that they were in based on their experience outside of the show. So this is, you know, again, this is people that do this for a living yeah. and are brought together to work together in this environment. So we, we very, like, like you do in any very, very intense teamwork, you know, we had this in the police, we, you know, you, you're squad or your team in the police becomes mm. very tight-knit very quick um, in any situation like this where there's extreme emotion and a lot of intensity, you yeah. tend to um, come together very quickly. And, uh, and so that's what's happened. We formed this very cohesive unit where we, you know, some of us now work together outside of the show. Uh, oh, fantastic. Us, you know, sometimes we only see each other when we film the show, but we we stay in touch and we um, we work together because we've, to me, the people that are that I work with on the show, both in headquarters and the hunters that are out on the ground, are the most professional experts. They're fantastic people, so skilled. I've learned so much from just about every single person that is in that room and outside on the ground. Fantastic, amazing bunch of people, and I feel very fortunate to be part of that group with them. It's always very interesting as a viewer, and I don't think this this is sort of uh, over dramatised. The competitiveness, should we say, of of your side of things, things in Hunted HQ, it can get very heated in there at times. Yeah, I mean, we what what you have in in Hunted headquarters is a bunch of professionals that do this for a living. Yeah. So even though um, you know it's very it it can look very dramatic for television, what you're seeing in that is absolutely accurate mm. we are not none of us there's not a single person in that room that is an actor no we all uh, are committed to doing the best job that we can we work we work as a team we work hard we put our heart and soul into those investigations and and it's for us in there it's very genuine we the competitiveness that you see the passion the frustration it's all very real you know we we go through that whole gamut of emotions as we as we film uh this show and a lot of the time we, you know, we forget that the cameras are there and we're just effectively doing our job. Yeah, and you can see that actually through the sort of camaraderie of the group, but also the satisfaction when you get the results mm-hmm. and the, the sort of disappointment when it doesn't quite go how you want it to. Absolutely, it's very real, I can <laughs> tell you. <laughs> Must be very frustrating. In this series, of course, you've been promoted to, to Deputy Chief. What does that mean to you? Yeah, so so this year, of course, I'm uh, I'm the chief. Uh, uh, the chief, not <laughs> this year. <laughs> Blex would not be happy chief. to hear you say that. Uh, yeah, I've never tried to sit at Blex's desk. <laughs> and, uh, 
yeah, so this year I'm the I'm the deputy on uh, on season three, mm. and it's a different kind of experience. I I've enjoyed it so much. It's really interesting to to have that have more of a leadership role. Yeah. Um. You know, it's interesting because we all come to the show with different levels of leadership. Um. Mm. People's leadership skills over the over the course of the seasons and the years start to show up, and okay. so you you know the certain people that you'll that you'll see have more of a voice than others or that that shine or that, um, you know, start to be more vocal than other people. And I guess I'm one of those people. I've, um, you know, I, I, because I'm curious, because I'm solution-focused, I tend to be running around all over headquarters and, <laughs> um, you know, talking to everybody and coming up with solutions. And, uh, and so this year, when um, Louisa, who was the deputy in the last season, mm. she was not able to, to be the deputy this year. She, she had a work commitment. She wasn't able to be there. Ah. And so, uh, so I stepped into that position. And, um, and it's, been, it's been really great. I loved it. Uh, it was very enjoyable. It was <laughs> great to be able to interact more with the hunters on the ground. Uh, that was yes. probably one of my favorite parts of that was being able to be more involved with what they were doing because, uh, you know, they're out there doing a great job and we, you know, we've got to communicate with them and, and keep them informed as to what's going on in headquarters so that they're able to also use their great investigative skills to, to do their job on the ground. One question we've had from a listener is what do you think has been the most frustrating trick that has been pulled on you by the fugitives? Because as you say, there is an, an ego element sometimes in the fugitives and they like to be uh, tenacious and, you know, try and try and pull one over on you guys. So one thing stands out more than anything else. <laughs> <laughs> this, this was already there. You knew, you knew like that. <laughs> it's, it's instant. So, and, and it's hard to say whether it was, because it wasn't a particularly innovative thing although it was very smart and we've seen it used over and over again so i don't know whether it was that one day but it <laughs> it was nick cummings <laughs> when when he had um his friend dressed up as himself yeah. and he was so good at luring <laughs> the hunters into that area he he didn't just have somebody dressed up as himself and and had us there but he led us into that so well. He was just subtle enough that he made us curious, but he wasn't so overt that he made us realize that it was a deception. And we, in headquarters, in that moment, up until, it, it was a few minutes before when we actually started to think, wait, could this, is this actually a deception? But by then we already were in too far. Mm. And yes, yeah, so, so I'm full of admiration for Nick Cummings for for doing that, it was by far out of all of the seasons probably my frustrate, most frustrating <laughs> moment. <laughs> but fair play to him, and well done. Uh, he he did a great job, and uh, you know deserved to 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 win that. <laughs> <laughs> the best thing is, I knew you were going to say Nick. I knew you were going to say him. Really? Yeah, yeah. 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 Isn't that such funny? One final question for you then. You said earlier on that people are interested in the job that you do and, and working in the industry. What advice would you give to people who do want to do that? So I would say, first of all, find your passion. That's the, that's the biggest piece of advice I would give is find your passion and figure out who you are. So in, this, in the investigative industry, we all carry biases. We all carry prejudices, things that 
make us who we are from our childhood, from the experiences that we've had, from the work that we've done. And we can learn a lot from that in terms of, okay, what am I going to be good at? What are my goals? What is my passion? And then how does that align with your morals and your ethics? Think about what's important to you. You know, find a problem that you think you could solve based on your passion, uh-huh. based on your knowledge in the investigative field, and pursue that. The, the ways that you can make the world a better place, given what you know and what you're good at. And then I would say, reach out, find a mentor, find other investigators. You know, there's, the world-class investigator community is going to be up and running very soon. So mm. reach out to me. Reach out to me on social media. Send me a message. Um, I will put you in our database. We'll make sure that you get into that community. And, um, you know, there's mentorship there. There is, um, there's resources that can help people. And, you know, that's the whole purpose of this is to, is to get people talking to each other and answering questions exactly like that. Judy, can I say a huge, huge thank you for speaking to us today, particularly as you are calling, as you say, from over in Canada? Yeah, no problem at all. I'm happy to, happy to talk to you. As you can see, I'm, I'm incredibly passionate about all of this and, uh, you know, investigation and technology um, and, of course, hunted. Fantastic. And uh, good luck for the rest of the series as well, of course. Yes, thank you so much. I appreciate that. It's going uh, to be an exciting conclusion, I think. If you've enjoyed this podcast, why not keep up to date with the sound of Surrey by listening live at brooklandsradio.co.uk or through our free mobile app.